0: And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in history.
1: What are you doing? I'm starting a fight. He's
0: going to finish it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, Pedro Fernandez. Dames y caballeros, bienvenido! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Byline
2: broadcast network and ring talk live worldwide. Check it. This hour, we're talking MMA. Straight up, my name is Pedro Fernandez, but you already probably know this. I am the reigning, the defending, the undisputed heavyweight champion on the radio airways, having defended that title out for better than 32 years. Straight up today, we're talking about a change of champions. That's right. There's a new world heavyweight champion out there, I'm not talking about... I'm talking about a guy from Brazil. Everybody thought that Verdum was going to go down there and just smoke Stip Maioca. It was all about, about Miyoka from Cleveland going down there and getting beat in Brazil. It was like a foregone conclusion. Nobody gave him a chance. He didn't have a prayer. He wasn't going to beat Verdoom. And guess what? He knocks Verdoom out in the blink of an eye. Very first round straight up, a new world heavyweight champion out of Cleveland. The first guy to win a title out of Cleveland, I think, in like 40 or 50 years. So more power to him. We'll talk with a uh, young man from a place called Sucka, sucka.com, or Sucka MMA, the bottom line is we'll talk with Steve Lee. He was ringside last night, or say cage side, at the Shark Tank in San Jose, California. So he'll give us a little Bellator report a little bit later in uh, the show. Bellator, of course, rocked San Jose. Bill Davis and King Mo engaging in the light heavyweight main event. Wasn't all that exciting per se, but I thought the third round made up for the first and the second. And why there was only three rounds in a main event that was televised? I sort of questioned that. Then I looked at the time and I figured, well, they couldn't have fit a five round fight into that two hour program, not done all the fights that they did. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide, open phone lines, coast to coast. 1 800 878 play. That's 1 800 878 7529. Or check us out on Skype, Sports Byline, and the number two. This is Ring Talk, live worldwide from the Sports Byline studios in San Francisco, California.
4: The
1: So proud from being Iran, I saw him walking down the beach with his girlfriend, the only difference between him and his girlfriend was 10 pounds and a bikini, and the sheik had the bikini on, and she had the 10 pounds. No $100 bill on the forehead. You're talking about a guy with a mug like a bulldog who has the audacity to get on TV with this humongous, ugly, nasty face and tell the cameraman to, Zoom it! Are you kidding me? Go away, go away, go away! I wouldn't want to show that! And then I think to myself, Buffalo. I think, well, first of all, who the hell would want to fight there? And if you did have to fight there, you'd have to fight the Iron Sheik. Maybe they're trying to get rid of both of us. I don't think they like me in Buffalo. I think they don't give a damn about me in Buffalo. I think they don't give a damn about him and Buffalo. And I think to myself, well, why did they make this? Because we got two crazy people, you see, two crazy people that don't care. Two crazy people that when they get in there, they ain't going in there to win or to lose. This is a matter of who's the best. Obviously, the Sheik and I have beat everybody. The first time we have come together. The only difference between us is ugly. That's the only difference. You know what you're talking about. You're talking about a couple of studs. Oh. What you're talking about here is you're talking about a couple people that never been rowed. You see what you're talking about here? Someone's going to get hurt because I ain't just going to use my dick. I'm going to use chairs. I'm going to use buffaloes. I'm going to use... I might grab the kid. I might beat him to death with my canary. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know one thing for sure. I ain't dating none of his broads.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Now, let that mug make a mug out of me, but don't anybody try it again.
1: The late
2: Christopher Wallace. Remember him, Biggie Smalls? probably the only rapper I ever listened to. I listened to a couple of the songs. Outside of that, I'm not into rap at all. Straight up, Biggie Smalls killed in L.A. Puff Daddy sitting in the car. Nobody knows what happened. Well, rap murder is going to hit Netflix in a couple of weeks as far as a, uh, a movie on the murder of both him and Tupac Shakur. So, uh, rap murders of the, uh, the early part of uh, the late 1990s happen within a few months of each other that'll be featured on netflix and rap murder you are tuned to ring talk live worldwide back to mma stip Mayokic, the new world heavyweight champion i I, I kid you not i mean people did that come on you got to be kidding Pedro. no that's why i sort of like held off there and tried to delay it because you know i mean nobody thought that he had a chance i mean uh, analysts were telling me that he had no chance whatsoever and yet he's a good dirty fighter what i mean by a dirty fighter is he uses a lot of dirty boxing he likes to wrestle he likes to grapple a little bit, but he likes to punch as well, and he's a striker. He loves to strike, okay? And if you give him an opportunity to uh, hit your chin, he will hit it, and guess what? He will knock you out. As Reduce for Noon found out last night, he is no longer the World Heavyweight
3: Champion.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, referee Dan Mugliano has called a stop to this contest at two minutes, 47 seconds of the very first round. Declaring the winner by Champion of the world, Steve
6: Miocic. All right, I'm here with your winner and new heavyweight champion of the world, Steve Miocic. Try and put into words what you're feeling right now. Estamos aqui com o vencedor, novo campeão mundial peso pesado. Tente verbalizar como você está se sentindo nesse momento. First off, I want to thank the fans. Listen, I know you guys are against me, but you guys are amazing. You make the sport happen. Primeiramente I gostaria de agradecer os fãs. I think they estavam contra me, but you feel this sport acontecer.
3: You trained and expected a five-round war. Did
6: you expect to have that kind of advantage in the striking department in this fight? Você trainou para uma luta de cinco rounds, você achou que teria vantagem em pé dessa forma?
1: I see I've been so many
6: it is tough. You can be guessing, doing some different stuff and uh, you know, train hard man. Come on with a good right hand and went down, clean out. Fabrício muitas coisas ali, mas foi uma And talk to us with this, this moment right here. Your coaches, your family, as you jumped over the aca how much they all mean to you? momento aqui sua família, todo mundo.
1: This is not reason I want to title not me. It's everyone. Her, my fiancé, my coaches, they put time and effort in. They went out the of day, they left their families to come with me. They put their time
6: and effort in. me. They wasted the money on me. Guess what? I think it was damn worth it, though, wasn't it? Essa pela qual vencer esse título não foi foi por todos levaram tempo, dinheiro e se afastaram da família para estar aqui comigo hoje à noite. Congratulations, the new champion, Steve Aokiotes. Cleveland, we got champion, baby. What's up, Croatia? we got champion. Cleveland, nós We my champions. We Love you. Cleveland has a world champion. Here's Brian. With Fabricio Verdu. right, I'm here with Fabricio Verdu. Fabricio, you got aggressive and he caught you as you were coming forward. Did you plan to be that aggressive in the opening round? Somos aqui do Fabricio Verdu. Ele foi agressivo, você foi agressivo, ele te pegou andando para trás. Você esperava isso no primeiro round? Eu tenho que admitir, galera, hoje o Steve Miyoti foi melhor que eu, mas eu vou fazer de tudo Vou voltar aqui. Eu era o campeão e foi um detalhe, mas eu vou voltar com tudo e vou ganhar o round de novo. I have to say something tonight. He was better than I was, but I'm going to come back here. I'm going to be the champion again. Well, you're an incredible champion, incredible competitor. Ladies and gentlemen, Fabrizio Verdoom.
2: He was reckless. I mean, he wasn't aggressive. He was reckless. I mean, he was coming forward. He was throwing those long right hands and dropping his hands down around to his knees or around his groin area. I mean, he was so susceptible to the counter. I mean, anyway, Jose Feliciano, Ray Charles, any blind guy could have counterpunched him last night, okay? He just didn't bring his A game. He didn't look like, as solid as he was for the Cain Velasquez fight where he won the title. Just didn't look motivated here. You know, a lot of guys can can come up and have that magic moment once, but they can't repeat the magic moment. The pressure's too much for them or, or the circumstances they can't handle. Handle the heat, be it mentally, be it physically, be it emotionally okay. And, you know, Verdum just didn't look like Verdum last time. I mean, he just didn't look that good. Maybe he's getting old. Maybe he got old overnight, like the San Antonio Spurs against the Oklahoma Oklahoma Thunder. But I, I, I got to tell you, you know, Mioka came in there a severe, I mean, a way, way, like four or five to one underdog. Nobody gave him a chance then. I mean, and when you're a five to one underdog, like that's like nobody gives you a chance at all. But people in Cleveland made money. They bet on him. They, they thought he was going to win. They thought he had a real good chance. He can strike. Strikers can win. When strikers weigh 241 pounds, they can win, okay? Big, strong dudes hitting guys on the chin with four-ounce gloves. Something's going to give, especially if you got the guy on the other side coming at you. And that's what Verdum was going. He was coming at you. What was he doing that for? It was real reckless. I thought Verdum probably should get uh, If he got back, if I was working his corner and he got back to the corner after that round, I would have told him, listen, man, what are you doing out there? You're dropping your hands. You're asking to get knocked out here. You're going to get knocked out. You keep dropping these hands, but guess what? You couldn't get him back to the to the corner because he got knocked out in the first round. That's why when I train fighters, and that's the most important thing for me, was for to get that guy back after the first round and be able to work with him. Okay, be able to talk to him, be able to talk strategy. Sometimes we're in over our head. Sometimes we're in just in over our head. You know, I mean, you realize, whoa, this guy's not going to be able to beat this guy. What are you going to do with that? Well, then you have to take that to another level as far as your uh, intestinal fortitude as a trainer is concerned because I'm not going to send a guy out to take a, a severe beating. I just won't. I'll, I'll call a fight. If I think a guy's getting beat up, I'll throw, I'll throw the towel in the ring in a second. Why? Better to stop it too soon than to stop it too late because when you stop it too late is when people get hurt. Speaking of guys that should just stop, how about Vitor Belfort? King of the steroids, of course, another guy out of Brazil. Uh, former UFC champion, of course, the 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 uh, the prodigy. He was forced to had that
3: that that that
2: reality TV show down there in Brazil. I mean, he was a big star, no doubt about it. But he tested positive for steroids about 19 different times, and of course, at one time when uh, he was going to fight, uh, they wanted to pull him in at the last minute. They allowed him to take a steroid test and flunk it. And they told them beforehand, even if you flunk it, we're not going to hold it against you because we want you, if you do come in clean, we want you to take care of this promotion for us. Yeah, some things in the UFC are not all that clean. Of course, that's why they're getting sued right now. Speaking of getting sued, we'll get to that a little bit later in today's show. But, you know, Scott Coker was here yesterday, the Bellator MMA uh, president, not the president, CEO, call him what you want, calls himself the president. But he talked about you know, the fact that these guys are independent contractors and the Reebok deal. We'll get into that with Steve Lee and some more in depth in our next segment. But I'm telling you, man, things are about to fall apart as far as the UFC is concerned. I see the castle starting to, to crumble. Ronaldo Souza took care of the aforementioned Vitor Belfort, knocked him out in four minutes and 38 seconds, a TKO in round number one, straight up. Sousa's a real deal. We knew that. Why these guys would fight in Brazil? Of course, Belfort's got a lot of intestinal fortitude to take on Roland, Ronaldo Souza because Souza was considered to be like the next Vitor Belfort. He was the guy. And guess what? He proved it last night, a TKO in just four minutes and 38 seconds. Now, that chick that sounds like a female transsexual or a Filipino transsexual, is that what that one guest caller said? Or was that my co-host, Zach Attack Young? Anyway, one of those aforementioned uh, guests told me that Cristino, Christine Justino, the former Chris Cyborg Santos, sounds like a Filipino transsexual. Now, I don't know how Zach would... Know what a Filipino transsexual sounds like, but the bottom line is that's how he tagged her. And of course, she does have that, that deep sounding voice. And, and she can kick the snot at of me, Scott Cuddy, and, and Zach Attack Young all at the same time. Probably beat up on Cad Waller as well, all four of us at the same time. But last night, she took out Leslie Smith in a minute and 21 seconds with punches in the very first round. This was a catchaway fight at 140. She's trying to get down to 135 originally. The idea was to go to 135 and fight, of course, Ronda Rousey, but Ronda Rousey's apple cart got messed up when Holly Holm drilled her in Australia. And then, of course, Holly Holm gets drilled or gets submits against Misha Tate, which sets up the Misha Tate-Ronda Rousey fight, the third fight. But but Misha Tate's already lost twice to her. So what's Misha Tate? I mean, what can Misha Tate do in the third fight she couldn't do in the first two r- fights with Ronda Rousey? I don't think she can do too much. I really don't. I don't think the confidence of her beating the girl that beat her is going to be enough. I just don't think so because it's, styles make fights. And, of course, you know, when you look at Misha Tate's style, I mean Ronda Rousey's been able to figure that out. She goes right in there, she gets to work right away, and Misha's always just trying to escape uh arm bar after arm bar after leg bar after submission move after submission move. So Misha's looking to escape the entire time when she's in the, the octagon with Ronda Rousey. When she fought Holly home, although she was I thought she was mm, the fight was pretty close when it was stopped. You know, that submission that she slapped on Holly, I mean Holly, you know, Holly probably played her cards a little bit too close to her vest. What I mean by that is you know, they had this fight with Ronda Rousey lined up eventually. They didn't know when it was going to take place. But to take on Misha Tate, and I got to commend them for taking on the top contender, but, you know, why? Why take on the top contender? You know, because let's be honest. Holly Holm wasn't exact, exactly the most seasoned girl in the world of mixed martial arts. She had like, you know, 10 fights, but she had a, an extensive boxing career in the past, like 34-2 and two with a couple of draws, and a world champion a couple of weight divisions, things like that. So she had an extensive amateur background, amateur and professional background, both in MMA and boxing, but the MMA came sort of towards the end. I mean, she's getting up to She's 34 years old, I think. She can't be fighting too much longer. Lenny Fresco is, of course, her manager, her promoter for the Albuquerque uh, restaurant tour Guy that owns like 100 restaurants down there. Owns, also owns a portion of an island over in Hawaii. Anyway, he said on his show that, you know, they wanted to fight Misha Tate and they weren't going to wait for Ronda Rousey and things like that. And look what happened. I mean, she got lit up. I mean, she lost. And, you know, whether you want to say that uh, that her career is over with, I just don't think that Holly Holm's going to get the opportunity to fight Ronda Rousey ever again. I just don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. I think Dana White's going to keep that fight ever from ever happening. I think Ronda Rousey's in all likelihood will probably beat Misha Tate, and that'll go for the third time. She'll probably go some other direction or move up and fight uh, Santos maybe at 140 or something like that. Because to go back and fight Holly Holm again, I just don't think Ronda Rousey could ever beat Holly Holm, not on her best day and not Holly Holm on her worst day, because Holly Holm is a natural boxer. Taller, uh, an out southpaw. She jabs from across the, uh, the, uh, the other side of the spectrum as far as a fighter's concerned. And you know what? When you look at right-handed fighters your entire career, and all of a sudden, guess what? Now you're looking at guys from the other side, things are a little bit different. I mean, a lot different. You're going, whoa, because I tell you, the only time I've ever been dropped in my life by hooks, punches you don't see coming two right hooks in vegas and two left hooks here in california four times i hit the canvas not up each time though you are tuned to ring talk live worldwide next up stephen lee mma writer extraordinaire we're looking for christian and zach attack young they might be calling in as well you are tuned to the longest running fight show in history ring talk live worldwide on sports byline iheart radio Sirius xm satellite radio and afn radio
10: Financing is easy with your credit card or PayPal credit. Call now. 1-800-427-0183. 1-800-427-0183. That's 1-800-427-0183. 1-800-427-0183. 1-800-427-0183.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Oh,
11: good right hand by Steve. Arlovsky. And again, turn. this could be it.
9: It's, it's it. It is all date. over. Wow. Just like that. Wow. Steve
11: He's screaming at Dana White. Give me my shot. Give me my shot. Give it to me.
2: And Dana gave it to him. And guess what? He's a new world heavyweight champion. Last night, Saturday night, the Shark Tank, or the house that uh, put the Shark Tank. The Shark, It's the HB Pavilion. They had like a thousand different names, but the bottom line is... The home of the San Jose Sharks last night played host to professional MMA. Bellator MMA came home. We're talking about Scott Coker. Of course, the man that brought us Strike Force MMA championships before he sold them to the USC. And, of course, USC just wiped out Strike Force and swallowed up the brand. But Scott Coker's been in MMA for about 35 years now, 30 years in the Bay Area, producing and promoting down in, in, in the South Bay. But last night he brought it home to San Jose, California, the H.P. Pavilion, Bellator MMA, the main event, light heavyweights going. King Mo, the house favorite. That was the uh, fighter the promoter wanted The promoter wanted to win, I thought. And Phil Davis, a USC uh, sign-off sign uh, straight up. They went three rounds and a light heavyweight out. And I was sort of surprised at the end that Phil Davis won a three-round unanimous nod. Take it back. They win, win, one judge had it 30 to twenty two Two judges had it 30 to 27. But the guy that was there studying this fight, because I watched him, he can study this fight, and he's typing at the same time without looking at his hands. So he's a bit of a genius. I'm talking about Steve Lee of MMASucker.com. How are you, sir?
12: I'm doing well, Pedro. Thanks for having me
2: on. Hey, pleasure, man. It was good rapping with you last night. I got this we sit we sit like two or three uh, seats away from the, the iconic Dave Melster. I mean, listen man, you're a rookie, so you should have been just so gifted to be sitting three or four seats away from the man that is the iconic most iconic figure in the history of World M M. A. No doubt about it.
12: You know, I asked him a couple silly questions, didn't realize what who he was. Um, but you're you're totally right. I should have uh, should
2: have been taking notes on him. Yeah, I know. I, I listen. I get really respectful around him. I really do because I, I you know, I've known him for you not know, twenty five, almost thirty years now. He's when he started this thing back in the eighties, and we talked about it on radio like twenty five years ago. And of course, he's still rocking and rolling with the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, which has got like forty to fifty thousand words in it each week, and it's got covers both MMA, pro wrestling, and boxing. Um, let's just go to pro wrestling for a second. You know, uh, pro wrestling's dead in my mind because of the fact that. You know, there's no bad guys anymore. Me and Meltzer were talking about this last night. There's no real bad guys in wrestling, and wrestling has sort of been replaced now in the world of Japan. although know New Japan wrestling is coming alive now. MMA is starting to come back in Japan. Do you think there's is there, is there a um, is there a market for for, for pro wrestling, Stephen, or Steve, is MMA just going to kill it in time?
12: I think MMA is still growing, um, but you know, definitely WWE, WWF, they got a they got a pretty good stranglehold on the the market, on the young, you know, young men, 13 to even 35, 40, you know, people around my age because we grew up on Hogan, Macho Man, and and McMahon, you know, is a genius with marketing and promotion. Um, Not to say that uh, Fertitta's and Dana White and Scott Coker, you know, they don't know what they're doing too, but they've got a lot of uh, ground to cover, so to speak, and make up.
2: All right, let's talk about last night's card, of course, at the Shark Tank. The main event, Phil Davis and, uh, and King Moe. King Moe, the promoted fighter, of course, the fighter that the, the House wanted to win. King Moe didn't look all that enthused about that fight, did he?
12: No, he did not. And, uh, you know, post-fight coverage, uh, when we were interviewing him, he, he clearly thought he won. Um, he thought he took the first two rounds. Third round was a little bit iffy since he got clipped in the back of the head, got dropped uh, for a moment. Um, but you know, he was, he was definitely, uh, in my vantage point doing much more damage with those body shots. Davis was doing some, you know, some little more flashy combos with those kicks, but damage wise, uh, making contact, he wasn't really there. Hmm.
2: And Davis is not the most inspired fighter in the world either. He's not the most aggressive guy. I mean, to call him assertive would probably be a stretch, huh? Yeah.
12: He was definitely trying to stay busy. Um, but, uh, you know, I think he, did, he didn't really want to commit on his shot. Um, I think he, you know, he sensed, um, you know, obviously being a student in the game, Mo's got power. He's a big puncher. He was definitely looking for that. Mo was looking for that big shot, too. Uh, so I think Davis was kind of wary of that.
2: Have you ever watched MMA in a ring? Yes, I have. Do you, do you, I love the ring. And The reason why I'm bringing this up is I think the cage is a pain in the ass. Because you know what? Last night I watched you. I wanted to take a picture of you doing this. You were typing on your computer and looking up at the TV screen, and yet the yep. the, the octagon was right in front of us. You see my point?
12: I I agree 100. percent And uh, back, uh, I don't know if you ever. They were a short-lived promotion called the IFL. They used the ring as well, and a much much clearer view. You could see everything going on. Um, yeah, because the cage is the cage is definitely uh, more challenging to really see really see the action all the way through
2: but here's what's up steve why don't they make the cage out of a clear plastic then they could do that
12: that's a good question i believe they tried that in japan uh but i think it, it you know it takes away from that uh added uh instinctual appeal of men in a cage plastic is a little more you know a, a little more like a lab experiment and i think they don't want to go that route i think it, that seems too artificial
2: well, for the fans, I think for the fans and for the media, I think that the ring is far more fan friendly, and I think that the people that are putting together the uh, these people that have come back, and I think they did something with Bellator on, on, uh, on Spike TV on the first uh, on January first. Of course, they're coming back the old not the old Pride people, the old Pride people trying to put these things back together in Japan. They're going to fight in a ring.
12: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the Ryzen Promotion. Uh, same guys that started Pride. Uh, they're trying to revive that back in Japan again. Uh, they love the ring over there. Uh, you know, their 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 attendance. You know, back in the Pride's golden days, were you know, seventy, eighty thousand plus. And uh, you know, they they're really and they got a wrestling background too. So they're they're definitely trying to make that smoother transition. So so no cage.
2: Steve Lee's our guest. We'll talk about his website, who he writes for, that kind of good stuff. I was looking at his website right now. We'll talk about a story that's up there. The USC weight-cutting guidelines are great for the USC. Are they great for the fighter? Is anything great for the fighter when Dana White makes a rule? I don't think so. Dana White's all about Dana, Dana, Dana. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Want to talk MMA with myself and Steve Lee? 1-800-878-PLAY. That's one 800 878 7529. The Skype line is happening as well. The address is Sports Byline and the number two. And we tweet. We tweet at Ring Talk, R I N G T A L K. This is Ring Talk live from the Sports Byline studios in San Francisco, California.
8: Sports Byline's library of more than 12,000 interviews is a treasure. I'm Ron Barr, and we want your help in protecting, sharing, and continuing to build this sports interview treasure. We've launched a GoFundMe campaign, so please go to sportsbyline.com funding and donate so you can be a part of preserving and continuing to build this unique collection of sports interviews. In appreciation for your donation, support, and telling others, we're going to provide everyone who donates with a link to a special commemorative collection of the Sports Byline Interview Library. This commemorative collection will change every month, and you'll have access to it with your supporting donation of any amount. So go to sportsbyline.com slash funding and also tell your friends. You'll be helping preserve, grow, and digitize the Sports Byline Interview Library so that today's sports fans and those in the future will forever be able to enjoy this treasure. Thank you for your help and support.
13: One topic that should never go out of style is recycling. I'm Danny Lipford with tips for today's homeowner. Stay tuned and we'll talk about why it's important and how you can help right after this. Since
11: 1774, Ames Lawn and Garden Tools have been built the same way America was, with passion and purpose. Ames tools are created using only hand-selected hardwoods, forged steel, and a determination to make these tools better than anyone. With Ames tools, there's nothing nature can dole out that you can't handle, because these are the tools that get the job done right. Whether you're in the backyard or the back 40, that's
13: not just Ames in your hands, that's America. There are lots of facets to this idea of living a more environmentally friendly life. Conserving energy, conserving water, using materials from sustainable sources, and the one I like best is recycling. One of the labels you often see on recycled goods is post-consumer recycling. This is one of the greenest forms of recycling because the material has served its purpose. Paper, cardboard, aluminum cans, or plastic bottles, but instead of clogging a landfill somewhere, it's being reused. We're saving landfill space, saving the energy used to acquire the raw materials and saving the materials themselves. So make the decision to recycle at home and look for that post-consumer label when you're shopping for new items. If we contribute a little now, we'll all win in the long run. I'm Danny Lippard with tips for today's homeowner. You don't buy a new truck
10: without adding a few things to make it work better, like a winch or a bed liner or lockable toolbox. So why not do the same for your Red Wing work boots? At a Red Wing shoe store, you'll find everything you need to stay comfortable on the job, from moisture-wicking socks to removable footbeds and boot care products. So come talk with our fit experts today for handcrafted footwear and accessories to boot. Red Wing shoes. Work is our work. Now, more of Ring Talk
0: with Pedro Fernandez. Scott Coker, in five years from now, where do you
2: see Bellator MMA in yourself?
11: Well, I think that uh, what you'll see is you'll see big fights in big arenas. You'll see, uh, uh, you know, fighters that are, that are in the top ten of the world. Uh, and I think you'll see another thriving league um, along with the UFC. I think that there's
12: room for two. And I think it always is a healthy industry when you have uh, two, two
11: good, solid players in any business.
7: of Night
1: has an air of great power. The dudes have
3: ended him for so long oh. super-
2: my mother said it wasn't bragging when you're telling the truth you are tuned to ring Talk live where we're on the line of course San Francisco-based MMA writer from MMA sucker when I say MMA sucker just meant MMA com. I'll talk about Steve Lee Steve Um, as Bellator, have they developed in two years from now? You watched your, uh, in two years, they've been together two years as far as him and Scott Coker is concerned. And last night's card at the San Jose Shark Tank, have they come along in two years? Are they ascending at a rate you're happy with?
12: Yeah, absolutely, Pedro. They went from, uh, you know, very, very little in the way of uh, both viewership and, uh, just just all around being known presence-wise, Scott, I mean, Scott Coker was a big name in MMA uh, before Bellator, obviously, as you mentioned, started strike Strikeforce, um, but, you know, they're slowly acquiring, um, you know, fighters from the UFC, uh, big names, Davis, Ben Henderson, um, and I think Josh Thompson, more to come um, as, you know, Scott Coker builds uh, build this new Bellator empire.
2: Of course, talking about Scott Cook, who was on yesterday's show. He'll be on the website, of course, sportsbyline.com, iHeartRadio, slash talk. We're all over the place, iTunes.com. Straight up, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Let's switch gears for a second before we go to Bellator's future. I mentioned the USC and their new weight-cutting standards. They can't use an IV. Let me tell you about an IV. In 1984, I was defending the Golden Gloves Championship for the third year in a row. I had went unbeaten two years in a row as far as winning winning the title fights and that kind of good stuff was concerned, so... I was feeling good about it, but I was having problems making the weight, 139 pounds. So I went and saw my doctor, and he told me, you know, come back tomorrow after the weigh-in. I said, really, after the weigh-in, because you're going to weigh in a day before the fight. Come in after the weigh-in. I said, okay. So I went in there, and he gave me an IV, and there was some glucose in it and some vitamin B12 and things like that. But psychologically, it made me feel pretty good. It made me feel just a little bit better than I would have normally felt because I was sweating making the weight, okay? So I felt good on that, and I think it was good that he put these fluids back into my body 36 hours before I fought. Now the Nevada City Athletic Commission, and who's ever invoking the rules now for the USC down there in Las Vegas, is saying that these guys can't use IVs to uh, rehydrate before a fight. I think that'll hurt guys like Jose Aldo. It really hurt him.
12: Yeah, but you know what? I think the idea here is to force them to fight at more of a natural weight Ain't Without gonna
2: happen. Weight cut. Ain't gonna happen. Then, then, right. then, if they want to do that, make the weigh-ins on the same day. Don't put the weigh-in the day before.
12: That's a good. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. But I think uh, they're not really thinking towards that right now, and uh, they want to be sure that the uh, fighters are, you know, taking more caution uh, to that, so that they don't uh, have to kill themselves uh, to make weight.
2: Okay. Here's here's a question for you, Stephen Lee of uh, Steve Lee of MMA dot is our guest. Dana, Lee, uh, Dana White, is he a pimp or a genius or both?
12: I <laughs> uh, I probably put him in a. He's an aggressive businessman w- with a lot of uh, uh, with a, a lot of uh, control control characteristics going on. He definitely knows what he wants and he sets his sight on it. Um, and you know he he's a, you know he's an emotional guy uh, uh, from a, from a good perspective.
2: Well, had Whitey Bulger taking care of business back there in Boston. We wouldn't have Dana White to deal with. You know that, right?
12: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I yeah, mean, Dana, I mean, Whitey Bulger, Whitey Bulger, Whitey Bulger, like send his guys in and said we want twenty five hundred dollars a week, and, and Dana White says I couldn't give you twenty five hundred bucks a year. So he said, you understand, we're going to get this money out of you. So Dana ended up closing up shop, going to Vegas. Of course, that's where we met the Fertittas. and then the USC, of course, was bought by the by the Fertitas, What well, they Fertitas, uh, Zuffa Sports, of course, in in. Uh, in coalitions with the, the Dubai government, how did the Dubai government buy 13 percent of the UFC? Do you know?
12: That's a good question. There's uh, uh, there's some inner workings there that uh, were not privy to. Them being, you know, private private corporation, but you got you got to figure that there's a, a long game a long game there uh, between uh, uh, the partidas and uh, uh, those guys over there in the Middle East.
2: Okay, now back to to the UFC. Is the UFC a combat sports brothel? Are all these guys, when I'm going back to the pimp thing, and the reason why I'm saying this is that, you know, I mean, they're forced to wear uniforms that uh, I I think is unkosher because of the fact that everybody's an individual. It isn't fighter A and fighter B, okay? Plus the fact that guys like uh, Brendan Schaub were making $100,000 alone just on the advertising for the... For their uh, for their trunks and their and their their uh, robes and their cut man all that kind of good stuff. So he was making a hundred grand a fight for that. Then when they, the Reebok deal went into place, I mean he ended up making like four or five grand a fight. How can you take ninety five thousand dollars from a fighter and do it with a straight face and not be a pimp?
12: It's it's definitely a raw deal, and you know he's probably trying to make the business seem more legitimate. But they gotta they gotta pay these guys more, especially if if they're supposed to live off. Live off this
3: income of being a doesn't
2: really make sense. Well, here's I, I Co- really here's here's what Coker had to say about this yesterday.
12: I don't know how a fighter who is an independent contractor has to wear a uniform because if you're an employee, I see why you would have to wear a uniform. But if you're an independent contractor, I don't understand how it's you can be considered an independent contractor and have to wear a uniform that the company makes you wear. Right? That's that's pretty much my position.
2: Later tonight, I was told that they're not independent contractors because they're all signed to exclusive contracts to the promotion. So, are they independent contractors or not, Steve?
12: I don't think they are. I think they're they're bound they're bound by these contracts. Uh, if they try to leave, uh, the, you know, there'll be a lawsuit on their hands and their lap. Um, so, I, I don't know. Independent contractor seems a bit uh, a bit loose there.
2: Hmm. So, you don't think that the USC is headed in a bad direction with with Dana White just going going crazier because I think they're going to lose his suit as far as the lawsuit's concerned that, that Kung Lee and these guys are bringing against him, Nate Quarry and, and Kyle Kingsbury and, and guys like that. I mean, I think Kung Lee's got some great, great uh, arguments in that lawsuit, but so do a lot of the other fighters. But when you look back at this man, you know, they've, they've boughten up all the competition. They've sort of made, made sure that there is no competition per se. And, in fact, they put Coker on a, three, a three-year non-compete rate uh, contract, which is usual. So he couldn't do anything for three years, and he came back with Bellator MMA when he wanted to start his own company. What I'm trying to say is, they squeezed out all the competition. There is no competition anymore. And you know what? When they did that, it sort of took away from from the fighters making money because if the fighters don't have promoters to leverage uh, leverage themselves against, guess what? They're going to end up going to the lowest bidder, and the lowest bidder is usually going to be the UFC.
12: Yep. The you know, like I said before, Dana White's a, a very aggressive businessman, and. You know, from it, from from that perspective, he's trying to squash down the competition any way he can. At the end of the day, though, people will always want to see fights. They'll always want to be fighters, so there's always going to be, you know, uh, one 900-pound gorilla in the room.
2: All right, but should the 900-pound gorilla have all the control that he? I mean, listen, man. I was with this guy. I know what Dana White's all about. I was there at USC 33 when he broke he broke in. He and the Fatitas broke in and had their first pay-per-view, which ran like an hour long and they had to cut the tape and all that kind of grace to give a lot of refunds. But so they've had their, their share of trials and tribulations and they've won. They made a lot of money. In fact, I saw there was, there was offers this week for three or $4 billion for the promotion. Is there any
12: merit to that? I think there is. I think there is. I think they're trying to keep it hush. They want to, uh, uh, until they've, until they've finalized some more details and, I don't think they're uh, really wanting people, uh, they, they really don't want that information to get out yet.
2: Stephen Lee, Steve Lee of MMA Sucker, M M A S U C K A Sucker, like in the slang, sucka.com. That's his website. Of course, they, we, where do you guys come out of Canada?
12: My, uh, my compatriots are based out of Canada. Um, I'm based out of the San Francisco. I'm their, I'm their West Coast contingent. Uh, but the yeah the bulk of the bulk of them are up in Vancouver. Okay, let's go
2: back to Bellator for a minute. Of course, Bellator's got a great card coming up. It'll be in July. I take it back in June in St. Louis at the Scott Trade Arena, Scott Trade Arena. Talk about the Pitbull, Patricky Pitbull Friari, sixteen to seven, taking on Michael Chandler, fourteen to three, up for the lightweight title, one hundred fifty five pound lightweight title of Bellator MMA. Is Michael Chandler that good?
12: Oh yeah, he is the he is the real deal. He could be. Uh, a top ten, top five contender right now in the UFC if, uh, if you went over there.
2: Could he beat Dos Santos? Yes. yes get, Rafael Dos Santos of course, the current champion. Speaking of current champions, Dos Santos is the king at 155, and uh, Conor McGregor is the king at 145, and now Conor McGregor pulled out of this non-title fight, this fight at 170 with Nate Diaz set for July 9th. Um, what's going on with Conor McGregor?
12: I think he was, uh, he was trying to flex his, uh, his business muscles against uh, Dana Wanda Fertitta, and uh, it's not looking too good for him now.
2: Well, I mean, but let's be honest. If he did make the company $400 million, like you he said, he'd, uh, he probably deserves more than a $10 million purse, don't you think?
12: Yes. Yes, he does. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, all in the, it's all in the hands of uh, the bosses at this point, whether or not they want to pay him more than that.
2: Bellator is going to bring back Quentin Rampage Jackson, the former Pride light heavyweight champion, uh, at 36 and 11. Now he's got to be like 45 years old. They're going to bring him back against a guy named Satoshi Ishii, who's 14 and 5. Can Ishii fight at all?
12: Not 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 against not against even even an aging Rampage at this point.
2: You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA. Well, my young, my, uh, I want to wish you the very best in the future. Your phone's started to break up here, but you want to wish you the best. Come back and spend some time with us. MMA Sucker, MMA dot com. Steve Lee, all the best to you, man. It was a
12: pleasure meeting you. Thank you, sir. Listen to Sucker Radio every Thursday with Jeremy Brand.
2: There you go. Sucker Radio at Sucker.com. You are SuckerMMA.com. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. 51, 51 and a half minutes past the hour. This is Sports Bible.
0: I'm trying to show love is right. Oh, show and tell. Just a game I play when I want to say I love you, girl. So show me and tell me that you feel the same way too.
11: Nicholas Rowley, Courtney Rowley, Dominic Pechota, are trial lawyers who deeply care about their clients the trial lawyers for justice law firm with offices in des moines waterloo decorah iowa st paul minnesota chicago and california the trial lawyers for justice law firm handles catastrophic personal injury wrongful death and medical malpractice cases throughout the country the trial lawyers for justice firm has won through caring about clients and refusing to settle cheap and believing in the justice system hundreds of millions of dollars in record-setting jury verdicts and settlements. Injury victims and their families will call 888-811-0844. 888-811-0844. And do it now if you believe you have a case and get the justice you and your family members deserve. Call 888-811-0844. Trial Lawyers for Justice.
1: That's 800-296-0906.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
9: Buffalo.
1: Ah.
2: I want to thank Rowdy Roddy Piper for being Rowdy Roddy Piper. I got him to take a picture with a couple of kids in 1980. Six at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. He was a great guy. He did this for charity. He was a wonderful, wonderful man, of course. You know, and he was a personality of personalities. When he had Piper's pit as far as that WWF stuff, I mean, that was really the stuff. That was some entertaining stuff. When I say long, 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 uh, long live the memories of great Roddy Roddy Piper. Straight up, guess who? Back to Bellator. Let's talk about the Bellator lightweight champion. Will Brooks, he's like 18 and 1, something like that, 17 and 1. Um, he is a lightweight champion, the Bellator, 155-pound champion. He has been stripped and released from the promotion. He decided not to renew his contract. As far as Scott Cooker said yesterday, his contract was coming to an end. We didn't want to renew it. And, you know, instead of putting him through a bunch of uh, uh, court, the court, you know, back and forth, fighting in court, attorneys, that kind of good stuff, holding the title up, they didn't want to do that because, you know, they've got that, their heavyweight title has been held hostage since, what, April of 2014. I think that was when that guy, um, uh, what was his name, Menilev? Oh, Minakov. Yeah, that was Minakov. Minakov went over there, and he was supposed to be the Bellator champion, but he hasn't fought for Bellator since like 2014, almost two years now. I take that back two years and a couple of months when he defeated USC veteran Czech Congo for the for the Bellator title. Okay, but he's fought three times instead for the Russian promotion Fight Night. So he's 17 and 0, but. You know, Bellator wasn't one to wait around on that one. You can't blame Bellator. But as far as Bellator moving against uh, Brooks, I think that was a bit of a surprise. Now we see why is going to go for the lightweight title against Patricio Pitbull. That'd be a pretty good fight. Any of those Pitbull guys, they can fight. Of course, Bellator, is, as Coker talked about, taking their act across the pond. They're going to go to, uh, they've been to Italy this year, going to other countries. They're making their way around the United States. And, you know, if they can go 25 or 30 times a year with solid shows, that's what he wants to do. I think they can have a successful and a viable promotion that's a good counter to the UFC. They don't have to go all the time, okay? I think it'd be smart to have steady programming on Spike TV because I think that's the real allure as far as the fans are concerned. You've got to bait them. You've got to give the fans some bait. And the bait is watching the fights on On Spike TV, if you want to do a pay-per-view later, that's fine. But that's how you water the plant. you got to water the plant with free television. That's where boxing missed out on it. Boxing just couldn't get hip to that. I think they're trying to go back to that. But boxing lost out on that fact. You must build a pay-per-view gate on live free television. You don't build it on pay-per-view. You don't build a pay-per-view on another pay-per-view. That's what boxing kept doing to do. Anyway, a little bit nasty last night. UFC 198 from Brazil. American welterweight Matt Brown was hit by at least three fans. He made his way to the octagon last night take on Brazilian uh, Brazil's Damian Maia. Straight up, uh, three or four people were ejected on this one, and one guy actually reached over and tried to pull his hair. So people on the way to the ring, that's a little uncalled for. Anderson Silva, the former USC middleweight champion, of course, the iconic fighter from Brazil, who I think has been taking Flintstone vitamins for a long, long, long time before he got caught, not once, but twice. Um, he underwent successful gallbladder surgery this week, so he'll be out, I think, for about three months, three to four months before he can go back and train. And you know what? Who really wants to see him? I looked at his picture the other day. The guy's got a gray beard now. He can't even use the just men for to height anymore. He's like almost 40 years old. He's long in the tooth. He got knocked out by Chris Weidman. Chris Wyman broke his leg. What more do we need to see from Anderson Silva? I just don't think so. I think he's done enough. As far as his career is concerned, he needs to walk away now, but he's got some respect to it. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of respect. You're tuned to Sports Byline.